0: Hey, everybody. Daryl here, and I just wanted to pass on a brief message before each one of our Comic-Con 2014 podcasts to make sure that you are aware of all the content that we have available to you from San Diego Comic-Con 2014. We have three press room interviews for you, each one being released as a separate podcast, of course. This year we have the person of interest press room with Michael Emerson, Jim Caviezel, Kevin Chapman, Amy Acker, Sarah Shahi, and Greg Plagman. So a great lineup for you in that one. We also have the following press room with Kevin Bacon, Sean Ashmore, Jessica Straup, Sam Underwood, Marcos Siega, and Jennifer Johnson. And we have the bones press room with Emily Deschanel and Stephen Nathan. So it's a great lineup of press room interviews we have for you. And we also have several podcasts for quite a few of the panels from San Diego Comic-Con 2014. These include Under the Dome, Supernatural, Person of Interest, The Following, The Last Ship, 24, Bones, Batman 1966 with Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar, and a panel called NASA's Next Giant Leap with moderator Seth Green, and then Dr. Jim Green, Mike Finke, Bobak Dowsey and Buzz Aldrin. So that's a great panel for you to check out. So that's 12 podcasts in all that cover just a small part of San Diego Comic-Con 2014. Now, keep in mind, we're releasing these podcasts over the course of several days, so you may not see them all quite yet in the feed, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. So be patient as we release them over the next few days. Of course, the way you're going to get all of these podcasts is by subscribing to the Golden Spiral Media all-inclusive feed. You can find that over at goldenspiralmedia.com slash podcasts, or it's also available in Stitcher and iTunes. Lastly, I want to thank our special Golden Spiral Media correspondence for San Diego Comic-Con 2014. Chip and Sarah Mims. Check out Chip and Sarah's podcast about the FX show *The Americans* over at WatchingTheAmericans.com, and check out Chip's craft beer podcast over at TalesFromTheCask.com. Now on with the show. Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette and *Under the Dome* podcast. Extra, extra,
1: read all about it. Hey, this is Doug Payton, and thanks for reading this extra edition of the Chester's Mill Gazette. San Diego Comic-Con finished up recently, and six cast members, plus the executive producer, hosted a panel where they showed a teaser trailer for the rest of the second season of Under the Dome, and took questions from the audience. Our correspondents were on hand to report it, so here's your copy. Our next issue will come out at the regular time, but for now, enjoy this extra!
2: What's up, Comic-Con? How are you guys doing today? Time out. You can do better than that. How are you doing, Comic-Con? Excited to be here. My name is Kevin Frazier. I host a show called The Insider, but I'm excited to be here because... We are going to talk about Under the Dome and hang out with some of the cast today. And I've had the privilege to hang with these folks since the very beginning, since before the premiere of this. And it is a runaway summer hit, and I think there's a few people out here who like this show, right? All right, let's let's get the folks out here. Let's start with one of the people who dreams up some of this madness, executive producer Neil Baer. You know him as Barbie. Doesn't it feel like he's always carrying people around? Mike Vogel. She plays Julia. She is um, everyone's favorite redhead, but props to her for dressing up for Comic-Con today. Rochelle LaFamme.
1: Everybody's favorite
2: bad guy, Big Jim, Dean Norris. Once again, lots of love to the folks who dressed up and got in the Comic-Con spirit. Alexander Koch, watch out, because he'll lock you up in a bomb shelter. (laughs) cabin, Sam Ferdro, Eddie Cahill. And then, last but not least, the ladies' man of Chester Mill, Colin Ford. Sit down. And real quick, Neil, I want to get an update on what's going on, so let's start
3: with you. Thanks all of you for coming. It's really great to see you all. And uh, we just finished shooting last Friday, so we know the end of the season, but we won't tell you, we promise. But we are going to tell you a couple of really cool things, we're gonna show them to you. Um, we're gonna show you two clips from episode 7. Now I know some people have told me that they think that Big Jim has gotten a little soft, maybe, you know, he's chosen and he he sees himself as kind of the god of Chester's Mill, but we'll show you the other side again that you like him. And then um, we're going to show you a clip from episode 7 as well where, you know, we take a leap of faith. So let's see what that shows us. He of our office, what we call heaven. And we have everybody up there. And we have Dodie, and we have Angie, and we have Linda, and we have Reverend Coggins. And then we have a few more that are becoming the season. We kind of have kept the, the, the body count down a little bit at the beginning of the season so that we can like rev it out for them. I just want to know, how hard is it
2: for the actors to read a script and say, wow,
3: we're losing somebody this episode. How tough is that to watch friends go? You have to ask Alex that, because every time I come to North Carolina, he yeah, asks it's, uh, it's tough to grow so close to that
4: person and love them. Especially with Britt, like, I was the only person she was working with for like, I don't know, four or five episodes, and we like, developed this close bond. And, you know, reading the first uh, episode, you're like, oh, this is really happening. Like, it's going to be gone, but you never know. You never know what, uh, when someone's going to go, and you never know when they, uh, you know, come around you. Oh, uh, <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you saw, like, Lee
4: last year made a great appearance, and he sense. but it's usually going to come back, and it's like, well, take that families. Which also leads to the question,
2: you know, can people come back from heaven?
3: Well, uh, as Alex just said, Jolene, uh who played Doty, came back to hunt uh, Dean Big Jim. So uh, when you're dead, you're dead, but it doesn't mean you can't be an avatar at some point and, and come back. So uh, there are no set set rules. Um, we said goodbye to Angie and Linda, but you know there are certainly possibilities that one of them might be back. Oh yeah. Let's talk about the dog. Are we closer to people getting out of the dome? Well, you'll have to. Uh, yes, yes. One, one <laughs> of our characters. Guess who? You, you know, you just saw a clip. One of our characters might get out of the dome this season. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a fun. I think mean, it's a fun. Uh, you know, a lot of people said how do you. I maintain a show, mm-hmm. under a dome, year after year after year after year, and uh, you know they've, they've come up with a really exciting and interesting way of broadening the scope of our world, uh, so I think it be in for a real once that happens. So. I think also the writers have done a really
6: good job of um, conveying that like. For some of these characters, the dome is really not their biggest problem, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, and so I think it becomes a case of, so wherever you go, there you are, you know, um, whether you're uh, under the dome or you find a way out or you, um, you know, whatever the, those experiences are, the problems, the difficulties of the relationships, the psychopathy, <laughs> like whatever it is, will follow you. Go and we hope that whatever happens with the show, you'll want to watch those characters still wrestle with those demons and still, still wrestle with those relationships.
2: How's it been working in the new characters? Eddie, how's it been for you?
4: Been great. Uh, I've done I, so really nice people. First and foremost, that's kind of the experience I have.
0: You're new. You don't care who gets killed,
2: right?
4: Oh, I read <laughs> I, I, I mean, the script and go, better than me." <laughs>
2: But it's been a lot of fun working with everybody. It's
1: great. Yeah, it's been great, and uh, you know we had the good fortune of shooting the movie in North Carolina, which is a beautiful
4: place to be. Um, (laughs) um,
1: But no, I couldn't be happier to to have been here with this crowd here. It's good to be here. All
2: right, let's talk about a couple of subjects. First of all, will we find out what Angie saw in the locker before she died?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, there. You know, like we said last year when we. We said we'd find out about you know Big Jim's propane and that Margaret killed Julia's husband. We gave all the answers. we set up new mysteries and we will definitely find out what and what what's in that locker this year. Alexander, how about when will we find
2: out who killed Angie?
5: What about it? Who are you gonna know?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead. I think it's people. Um I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we will find out who the killer is and, uh, in last well, episode, we spent a lot
5: but it's, uh, yeah. it was Julia, <laughs> Yeah. Oh. But
6: uh, She's
5: young and
4: pretty, I you jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, war, the conflict, and uh, fighting, and uh, attacking each other, it's coming later in the episodes, so
3: revenge might be taken oh for sure we saw you know the end of the last episode Julia's making tea very innocently and sweetly and offers Sam honey and uh, doesn't see that something got very exposed on his chest and she's turned around and she's stuck in this house with
1: Sam not a, not a good thing maybe sound <laughs>
2: Let's talk, about, let's talk about Big Jim for a second And uh, Will he and Junior ever get along Will they ever see eye to eye There's been a lot of conflict in this series
5: <laughs> I keep trying but, you know, He's a tough kid to raise uh, You know the next part of the title Yeah he didn't have a great father um, I think that's part of the, the, the Our story Is that You know the the difficulty of trying to raise a psychopath is um, no he he loves them he loves them and yet he knows that he's got some problems so uh, I think that's part of that's part of the thing that fuels our kind of story arc is is you know trying to maintain a father son relationship while we both have some psychological issues that's
6: the pot calling the kettle psychopath yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But, in a way, I the mean, change. Big Jim's a little bit of a psychopath, too. Let's be honest, I mean, Big Jim's a little bit of a
5: crazy man, too. on, Don't let's judge, man. Don't judge. <laughs> Just because you don't understand me. Um, yeah, he has some issues, which is probably why his son has some issues. Hey, okay, Eddie, let's talk about your, it seems like,
2: blooming love triangle. Will we have that? Will we have a little love triangle for Sam? Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, Sam, uh, Sam stepped over his bounds in the last episode of the day, and, uh, had taken a shine between a made a play for her, and he was
1: a polite little uh, but, nevertheless, took a shot. Let's not make it weird. Or... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's tricky,
6: because
1: I, I feel like we also, you
6: know, the, the episodes take place, obviously, you know, every week, and I know this from watching shows, um, you know, in my own life where a week goes by and it might be a day in the life of the series, but for you when, you, when it's been a whole week, you sort of feel like time moves faster and it's been longer. We've really only been under the dome for about a month. And, um, and so one of the things that was a little bit tricky was, you know, conflict between Julia and Harvey Introducing someone else who might be like-minded and sort of find a way, but I also lost my husband a month ago, so it's like you, you want to sort of play carefully in that in that realm and try to keep it a little bit realistic, even though we are a uh, conservative organization. to money. I didn't say I wasn't having a good
1: time. You're talking about a guy who's been in the cabin for the better part of ten years. One day he decides to take a walk outside, and there's a beautiful redhead in the, in the forest. <laughs> I'm in!
2: I'm in! And by the way, let's talk a little bit about how Barbie has... Well, in the beginning, we didn't know whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. He starts the whole show by burying your husband. And we're like, did he kill your husband? Did he kill your husband? Now, you love him. So? (laughs)
1: Um, What's that evolution? (laughs) It's smooth. He's, he's smooth. He's smooth. Uh, now, I think, you know, as she said, it's, it's, it's a difficult line to walk, you know, kind of pinning the, the reality of life and how people would react to, oh, say, your new love interest having off your husband, uh, but also the heightened uh, chaos of a dome coming down around your towns is equally as unbelievable. Um, so, that, I mean, we framed it in a way, I think, where we see Barbie's hand was forced um, in a form of self-defense and in a way, he was uh, uh, her husband was was committing an act of love for her uh, by making sure she was taken care of. So heading into the second season, I think we see more of what makes Barbie tick, which is uh, he may have some violent tendencies in, in how he gets there, but he really is there for the people in there to to defend the defenseless sounds like Barbara's going to be okay i uh, <clears throat> just fell down in a hole I, he, did, he did
2: just take a little fall i could hurt a bit we'll see hey um let's talk about uh joe a little bit it and um struggling since um the death of uh, your sister what what's next for joe i think uh, uh Season
7: two alone, you know, after he finds uh, the Angie's gone, and I think he's angry, and he wants to know who, who did it. I think uh, the whole season, Joe kind of undergoes this this transformation period between being a young man to being an adult, and I think that that's just a thing. I don't, I think that Barbie is a huge role model to Joe, even. I think that he provides this example of heroic uh, behavior as well as just bravery and being able to just despite all the bad situations that are going on, just find the good, or if you can't find the good, just move on, because that's what we have to do in this situation. I and mean, he gets a lot of, of those notions from, from the department. he's messing around with Nori and Melanie. Yes. He also um,
6: spends most of the show running around with a tablet, trying to get emails so that he can respond to his millions of Twitter followers making <laughs> 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 email. Yeah. That's why he's not tweeting you back. Maybe right? stop asking me why he's not tweeting Yeah, but who's
3: who's tweeting them? So we do find out. So, you know, especially with you guys, if you go to houndsofdiana.com, it's like the Hounds of Diana. We're the first show, I think. Maybe there's some others that have done this, but, you know, in episode three, um, Joe and and, um, Junior got emails. We saw Junior got a a video from his mother. That is kind of something we haven't even talked about yet, that she's alive. But who's sending that? And so we have a digital character who's working out of of houndsofdianna.com. And um, so you can go to it and and follow the tweets. And then we're gonna actually maybe meet that character in episode eight. So that's pretty cool to start with the digital character and then find out that he's really a flesh and blood character we can introduce as well. It's not just any tablet, it's a Microsoft service.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag swag. (laughs) Still waiting for my prayers. (laughs) How has it been? How's the evolution of the show been for you? Because in the beginning, there was was
2: really an unknown entity. The people down in Wilmington, North Carolina, turned out in force for the premiere. We're so excited about it. Now you go back to the second season, they know the characters. Your faces have been all
4: over. How have things changed? I'll let each one of you answer that. Alexander, smiling. Go ahead, you go first. Uh, Gosh, um, this is like my first, like, really, really big gig. It's been just such a whirlwind and amazing experience. And, uh, you know, the first season, like, people, like, kind of vaguely knew who I was when I premiered and I kind of you know, was just, like, coming back this season, it's like, everyone, like, some people just, like, freeze up and they're, like, kind of staring at you, like, airplanes kind of get awkward because people are, like, subtly trying to, like, in the secret room, and then I'm, like, looking at them after, like, I'm reading a book, and I'm like, I know what you're doing, come on, like, so, it's, uh, it's great, though, everyone has, like, such a great, like, positive response to the show,
5: so, um, yeah. and after this, it's gonna be insane. <laughs> um, I, just as far as
7: being in Lovington, I don't know, I think the experience is great, I think that, I think that, uh, filming in a small town like smaller town like Wilmington gives Chestersville a nice little small town feel. And I think that you know being in Wilmington is great and being there for the first season was fun. But going back and being in the same spot for the second season was was nice. And having and working with our same uh, crew in Wilmington was great and yeah. we had a relationship with them and they knew how we liked to work and they knew how we needed to work and how everything needed to do go and, and it just did It was really it was You know, I'll let you answer this Well, How important is Stephen King's continued
2: involvement in, in the show? I'm sorry, what was time. No, I was asking, that the same thing. I'll ask you, how important is Stephen King to continue involvement
5: in, in the show? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's awesome. It's a, it's real important. I mean, he's such an icon and a legend. It's, uh, it's great to see him on the set. It's great to, to know that he's, uh, he's got a voice in, in what happens and that he kind of helps guide the show. So it's, uh, it could be better, you know, to have him around and, and, and contribute. Is it a little weird that he doesn't just scare the crap out of me when you see him? He does scare the crap out of me.
0: Does
2: he? You would say had about, you had about three to five seasons worth of stuff figured out in the very beginning. Are you still on that trajectory?
3: Oh yeah. Now, where we leave everybody at the end of the season since we just shot last, finished on Friday, we could, you know, we have great adventures ahead. I don't know that we even know when those are yet, but we've we, we set it up so that we can keep going with folks like you. So we're, we're, we're hoping to do that because we have a lot of stories left to tell. And we can tell them in, in I think, some cool ways. You saw in the clip the tunnels. So that's gonna be something that's really, I think, interesting and, and really cool this season. Um, how we find them, what, where they lead to, what they mean, so it opens up a whole a, a new of story for us. Yeah. Rochelle, uh, let's talk about Julia for
2: a second. And, um, do you ever see any of yourself in your character? Uh, a little more
0: this season. She's like more uh, physical,
6: no jokes about um, <laughs> she's a little more physical this season, and, uh, and it's kind of, um, I don't know, like maybe Barbie's like rubbing off on her, she's becoming a little more active, and they kind of take charge and face it off with Big Jim a little more, um, and I feel like my personality is a little bit more falls to the wall, so it's nice to be able to play that. Um, I learned, interestingly, I, I learned a lot from her, from playing her last year. Um, because she was originally conceived as a character who was extremely, you know, intellectual. She was a journalist, and I think it took a while for her to put her camera down and let her feelings show and sort of work things out. And I'm—if I have a feeling, you'll know. So, <laughs> uh, and so it was really cool to play a character who was more contained, and then be able to slowly kind of let her out, so that this season, that the more things happen, the more crises there are, the more she really steps out, and the more she. You know, has to be able to, I feel the like hate the guys. So, to get tough here. Do you also feel like she
2: kind of, you're either on her team or the Big Jim's team?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think this season is, is about fighting lines, And there's a push-pull for the town. And um, and I think it's really a competition between, you know, someone who wants power and is having trouble getting it and someone who doesn't want it and is kind of having it the upon now as like a reluctant leader but she'll do whatever
2: she has to do like after he told her, he's not the way so whatever conflict that creates yeah. because i just I, I have this insatiable desire to find out secrets about this show is there anything coming up can you give us a hint of something that will make our jaw drop besides barbie dropping literally what are you allowed to
3: tell go oh, ahead okay. Well, you know, for Barbie, Mike can talk about this a little bit. Um, You know, he served, you know, in the military, and I don't know, I always thought from the first season that he was from a a working class family. He seems kind of like a strong, really good values kind of guy, but... Yeah, we we get to uh, come
1: face to face um, with uh, with, with Barbie's father this year. uh, in uh, in a new and open world, and we find out that uh, he in fact could have been a trust fund baby, um, uh, which which shows why he's kind of pushed away from that that lifestyle. Why he why he he went to the military to make a difference from um, from the life that he that he was used to, the life that he was raised in. And and, uh, and we find out we find out some other familial secrets as well. Uh, towards the end of this year that, I think, are going to surprise a lot of people. I also think, for those who have been tracking the mythology with the hands and you know, whatnot, Sam, there, there are, which I can't tell you what, but there are reasons behind Sam's actions <laughs> and, and motivations that tie very closely into uh, the Dome and its wise and lens.
3: He's not just a crazy psychopath, you know, is what he's He's not just throwing axes around.
5: Jim uh, publishes
3: a book of poetry.
5: <laughs> what would it be called? I, I can't tell you. That's the secret. Um,
6: I, to I, I think that something that's really cool, too, is um, that I think that's something that we didn't see in the first season. You know, there's a couple of those moving shots of dome the dome and the helicopters surrounding the outside world, and I think that um, one of the questions for me just as you'll know, join the story uh, has been you know, what is it, what is it, how is the rest of the world reacting to the dome and what are they doing out there and
0: this season um, you will get your first glimpse of in a small way
6: of what the impact of the dome has been and what people around it are um, are, are doing about it and how they're reacting to it and so I think it's really interesting yeah, it's been a, a while since we've had
2: that Play, with that much play outside. Right, because we're in the fishbowl, but outside the world is
6: a different place now that there's things there. And so what does that look like and how are people reacting to it and what So it's a
2: Alright, let's have a little fun and take a few questions from the audience. Where's our, where's our microphone? Oh, there it is, okay. Just, you can walk into the spotlight. And we'll take a couple of questions you. Here you. You're pow-wow-ing. Yeah. Okay, come
5: on up, and tell us your name, tell us your name first and where you're from. Hi, my name
6: is Maria, and I'm from La Puente. and thank you all for coming with Cheryl and your costume. Uh, This question is for Alexander. What's more important to Junior, finding out where his mother is, or who killed
4: Angie? That's a, that's a tough thing, um, you know, uh, I've always thought that there's kind of this missing Love that Junior craves in his life, and uh, not to get weird. What? <laughs> oh, Okay, come on. I have a uh, megalomaniac father. I have a mother who abandoned me, and an alcoholic murderer. Uh, so really great job on this. Pretty good. Uh, so yeah, no wonder I turned out uh, all right. Um, uh, But yeah, I think I think he, he's a person who craves love and affection and approval uh, so much. And, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, because it's such a pressing matter of who the serial killer is and who killed this, uh, love of Junior's life that, um, you know, he wants to find the murderer person and foremost, and then, uh, you know, the mother stuff is kind of on the back burner because he can't really deal with that until he gets outside of the dump. So, I think Angie, step one, and step two, mom. Mother, you <laughs>
6: she, She's still alive. Go ahead. Hi. Well, first I want to say, Colin Ford, it's really nice to see you on something that's
3: well from Supernatural.
0: Um, my question, though, is for
6: Junior, I guess. Sorry, not sorry. Um, will we ever see more? Like, will your character ever be reprimanded for what you did to Angie? Because we saw it with Big Jim, but he kind of shut down under the rug, and it wasn't really... No one else has really done anything, I feel like Angie has gotten justice. So will we see that happen later, or...?
4: Uh, I think, in a way, <laughs> Angie's death is one way, it's reprimanded, and it's a terrible tragedy.
5: Uh, for him. Yeah, It really hurt you that she died. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think more uh, more misfortune and bad stuff is going to happen, Junior, as it does to everyone on the show. But uh, Junior specifically keeps getting the, know, the shit end of the stick, I yeah, guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll see more of uh, painful stuff. Or those pain
2: junior shots, those close-ups of junior. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Courtney and I'm from
7: Kansas. And my question is for everybody. I just wondered if you were going to be trapped under a dome in real life, and you had to choose someone to be there with you to like help you figure it out and everything. Who would you choose? Let's
2: one. One person. One person. One person. No, you go first. You go first on that. ahead.
7: Me? Yeah. Oh. I, I would. I would, I would take my best friend Garrett. Garrett, if you see this, I love you. Aww. <laughs> um, I would tie my kid to my wife and try to take him
4: both. <laughs>
6: um does that mean that his current involvement is going to keep the series in a similar
1: direction or not, not at all.
3: well stephen wrote the first episode of this season and so that was a way of stephen continuing to put his you know really strong imprint on the on the show so that you know we've gone a bit past the book in some ways because the book is only about a week or so and now as, as rochelle said learn, you know, a month by the end of the season, and so we wanted Stephen to do the first episode this year, so that he could lay the groundwork for this season.
2: And that kind of goes back to the thing you talked about, having a plan for three to five seasons worth of stuff beyond the book. Literally, on the plane, I thrilled Neil about this when we were going to Wilmington, and I was just like, dude, how are you going to go on
5: beyond the book?
3: Yeah, and we talk to Stephen all the time, so... Uh, Steven lives in Maine, but we talk to him and he reads every script and we, you know, he loves it when we kill a character. Uh, he wants us to kill more. You know, so it's like, wow. You know, so he's very happy by the end of the season. Um, but he, he looks at every script and every, every cut. And so we have a great collaborative relationship with him and then also the folks at Amblin can't you know, forget about Steven Spielberg and his group, too. So they're very involved as well. So it's a really great combination to work with them. You know, when you think of Steven and pop culture, you think of King and Spielberg, and we've got them both, so we're you know, incredibly fortunate. Does everybody up here get along
2: with Steven King? I just want to get a heads up on who may come and go. Okay.
6: <laughs> would you would risk not getting
3: along
2: with them? I, I just don't want to see you die. That's all I'm saying.
3: For someone who writes such dark and often comedic, darkly comedic material. He is really impish, fun, uh, disturbingly normal. Very nice guy. <laughs> That's
1: because you wonder what's going on upstairs. <laughs> kind of scares you a little bit when you're yeah, in yeah. there and trying to figure out what's going on behind those eyes. Next question. Uh, this is
4: a question for Rochelle. When I first started watching the show, for the longest time I was racking my brain wondering, where have I seen this actress before? Then it hit me, oh my gosh, Victoria from Twilight! <laughs> so, yeah!
1: <laughs> uh, so it's more of a request than a question, but if you would indulge me, could you please say, I'm the one with the wicked curveball?
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, well. Wow.
4: <laughs> That's <kind of> <sighs> I'm the one. I'm one.
2: Yes, sir. Wait, wait, really
4: quick. Are you honor S. Thompson? Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is Joe going to leave Nori
7: for Melanie? Because if you do, I'm gonna, me and my girlfriend are going to be really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that Nori was Joe's first like love, and I don't think you can ever really run away from your first love. So I, I don't think will. <laughs> so you
3: will. So, but if,
2: you know, you never know. really yeah, at some point
3: you'll make me up something. You can check it, uh, Colin, tell them about your vlogs that you do with Nori. The vlogs? Yeah.
7: Oh, yeah, so uh, we, Nori, or uh, Mackenzie, and I will shoot these little vlogs which will actually be on the houndsofdiana.com website, right? Right, right, Neil? Can I say that? They'll be on the Houndsofdiana website, and there's these cool little vlogs that uh, we do as Joe and Nori, and we shoot them like in different spots around Chester's Mill, and it's usually little experiments that that Joe and Nori are doing on a small scale that have a larger meaning uh, for the dome or for what's going on in the dome. And you can uh, check them out on the houseband.com website. And they're just a little bit of a fun and experimenting little uh, videos that we make. And it just kind of gives a little insight into a happier setting of Chester's General you know, and, and just kind of the, the fun experimenting and figuring out what's going on with the dome. Yes, sir. We have
3: time for one more Hi, I'm James from Brazil. Uh, I want to ask you, as you know, the, the series will be released in Brazil this season. And I, I want you to help me to tell Brazilians why should they watch Under the Dome. Because it's a thank you for, uh, you know, we love that. We see a lot of tweets from Brazil. I wish I wish we spoke Portuguese because uh, they write them in Portuguese. No, I guess we can translate them. I think um, the show is a parable of, for our times. And this this season particularly, we look at uh, how all of these guys have not really taken as good a care of Chester's Mill as they might. And so you've seen the caterpillars that have been munching on everything, and the blood rain, and pretty soon Big Jim has to come and do some saving of his own, in a, you know, for some big climate changes that are coming. So our show is really about uh, how do you, how you get along uh, when resources are scarce. How do you work things out Can you have a democracy? If, uh, if resources are limited, how can you keep getting along when we're under a lot of pressure uh, and, you know, we're running out of fuel and things like that. So, it's a parable for our times without, you know, telling people what to think. We just show what our characters do. We do a special episode
5: where we replay the World Cup and we beat Germany. <laughs>
2: Did Brazil do better? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that question, Brazil. By the way, you know, Under the Dome was the biggest summer series in 21 years, and
5: uh, it's
2: It's shown now on CBS this summer, Extant, and we want to give you a little bit of that real quick.
0: The is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.